Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, starter feedback. Well, if you've been listening to Manager Tools for a while, you know all about feedback. Well, today we're going to talk about an even simpler method for delivering feedback to help those managers who are still struggling to implement it. Here we go. At every Effective Manager Conference we deliver, you know, whether it's for a client company we're engaged with or one of the public advertised ones we do, we always ask managers, the attendees, about their present practices around our management trinity. Sure. Just just to get a kind of sense of where they are and, and where we might need to focus. And at every conference, it never ceases to amaze me, um, and, and this is good, the number of managers who say they're conducting one-on-ones goes up consistently yep. over time. And, you know, at our, at our most recent conference, 75% of the managers said they were doing them and yep. we're thrilled. Yeah. Maybe even been higher than that, but yeah, at least 75. Yeah. At least 75. Exactly. And on the other hand, <laughs> at each conference, the number of managers who say they're giving regular, frequent feedback is largely unchanged. Yeah. And the number is never higher than 20%. Um, yep. And it kills us. I mean, that number has to grow if we really want to accelerate behavior change, behavior improvement among our team of directs. Yeah. And so quietly over the last nine months, actually, I've been testing with me and some other people a new form of the feedback model, uh, which is designed to make it as easy as possible for as many managers as possible to start giving feedback. We want to eliminate all the reasons why people say people blame the model for not giving feedback. We don't think the model's a problem at all because those people who are doing who use the model say, "Yep, I got over it. It's great. I love it. My people love it. They ask for feedback now." But we're going to do everything we can to make the model as palatable as possible, and so we've come up with a new model. We call it starter feedback, and it is based on the original model, but we think it'll be a little bit easier for a couple of reasons for for managers to to, uh, to to start giving feedback. And we think if people can get over that hump, then once they get into it, we'll start getting more feedback. And the more feedback we get, once managers realize it's not as bad as they thought, performance will improve. And we'll, we'll move closer to our mission of improving the state of management in the world. Exactly. Okay. So, so at a real high level, what is the starter feedback model and how does it differ? We've got six steps to today's cast. It is, it is, uh, very, very straightforward, uh, very linear. Um, number one is the, the starter three step, only three steps feedback model, the background for it. Okay. And then we'll talk about step one, which is we ask step two, state behavior. Step three, describe the impact. So it all sounds fine. And then step four, which is, this is our fifth point today. I know that's confusing, but our fifth point today is step four. Don't do it. There is no step four in the starter model, three-step feedback. And then the last point we want to make today is how the starter model fits into our concept of feedback, because those of you who've been with us for a while know that the feedback model is the start of a continuum that includes feedback and shot across the bow and systemic feedback and coaching and so on. Again, a lot of our listeners have listened to the feedback model, even if they're not practicing it. Um, but they, they know the feedback model so they can, they could skip all this, right? I mean, you know it. And yeah. Therefore I, yeah. I mean, look, you could look, if you want the short answer for today, 
folks, the starter feedback model is don't use step four. Simply provide feedback and make it the way I would describe it as you're simply making an observation rather than asking for behavior change. You're saying, hey, you may not know this, but when you do X, Y happens, hopefully, you know, and, and then you leave it to them to draw a conclusion. So so if that's all you think you need, then uh, we achieve the, the, the mission of this cast in about five minutes. Yeah. Um, that said, we also know that only 20% are doing it, and we suspect it's uh, the more people learn about feedback and why it's structured the way it is and, and how badly people need it and, in fact, want it, as we'll share in a little bit. Uh, we think this is worthy of a somewhat longer show. We don't want to be too apologetic about talking at length about the Trinity, because if every manager did the Trinity and ignored every other one of our recommendations, the world would be so much better. We'd be completely happy with that. So this isn't one of our shorter shows. It's not terribly long, but we do give some necessary, we think solid, important background throughout the show. For those of you who are competent with feedback, we're going to go slower than you want today. This is one of the downsides of the size of our audience, frankly. On the other hand, Peter Drucker said that there are some things that effective professionals must always recur to. Time management, mission, customers, so on. For effective managers, feedback meets that standard. Uh, you know, of course, if you're thinking, well, it's not going to be a short show, I'm not happy. Think of it this way. If you're interested in important shows, this may be one of the most important shows we deliver in the next six to nine months, if not a year. Okay. Having said that, hopefully yeah. <laughs> some folks have chosen to stick around. So let's let's talk about the starter three-step feedback model background. Why does it exist? Why are we doing yeah. it? We, look, we know it's hard for many managers to start to give feedback. That's frustrating for us because those managers who make it over the McGuire hump of the horseman curve, as we call it, Say they, they tell us, I really regret not having pushed through my own fear. And they admit it was their own fear. They regret that they didn't try harder and then discover on the other side that people came to them and said, thank you for being the one boss I've ever had who was straight with me about how I was doing good and bad. So, okay. So we know it's not happening as much as it needs to happen. We know we need to come up with some way. We believe our job is to help managers get better, to help managers be effective and managers aren't doing it. You know, there are a lot of other feedback models. We've looked at them. We don't like them. Look, when we ask managers what holds them back, we get a variety of answers. You know, things like, I don't like the word feedback. Uh, That's my favorite. I don't know how they'll respond. I'm not sure I need to do it. The feedback one, I don't like the word feedback one, is really, I'm going to be honest, it's a flimsy reason. It's a completely flimsy reason. Look and listen again, back to our uh, original feedback model, the work we did on it, we give other choices, right? I happen to use the word feedback to help everyone get to realize that the word doesn't bite you, but there are plenty of other words. You know, we had a German client a couple of years ago. They objected to the word feedback because they were engineers and they thought it was negative. Okay, fine. They discovered a word in, in German, in Deutsch, that that worked, and, and it's actually Ruckmeldung. And when we suggested Rook Meldon, they all said, oh, gosh, no way. We're, right, we're going yeah. to use the English word, the American word feedback. Yeah. Uh, okay. Look, maybe we're wrong, but we've drawn a single conclusion from all these answers. Managers are fearful. We often hear it's a fear of conflict. You know, that comes out as, hey, w- what if I give them negative feedback and they quit? You know, I'm sorry, but if you give one of your directs one piece of negative feedback and he quits, 
good riddance. I'm sorry. You know, I love him and goodbye. You know, they say, managers say, I can't afford to lose people, not only in terms of productivity, but also in terms of how my bosses see me as a leader. My company makes a big deal of retention. Okay, fine. But regardless of the reasons, we respect that managers are fearful. How each person feels in the world makes sense to that person, and we're not going to argue with your emotions. But on the other hand, we feel the need to stand up and be the bearer of the bad news that we as managers don't get paid to only do the easy parts of our jobs. We don't work for our teams. We work for the company. We don't get to choose what parts of our responsibilities we shoulder and which parts we get to shrug off. The hard side of, of manager tools, the, the demanding side, the, the side that asks everyone to be their best. Yeah, the dark mark side. We yeah, we, you know, we would have called it dark mark a couple years ago. Yeah, would say choosing not to give the feedback, which is our responsibility, is essentially putting personal preference, indulging your own fear over the needs of the organization. And you know what? That's just not professional. If you want to be an effective manager, you've got to embrace the concept of being a professional. And that means doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, whether you want to or not. You know, if you ever get angry at people leaving a little early when there's work to do, if you get angry at people or frustrated that people come to meetings late when there's apparently no organizational sanction for people being late, if you get frustrated that folks go right to the limit of their expense account, when they could have eaten more than their fill somewhere else and saved the company some money, if you get frustrated when people watch YouTube or television at work over the internet, when there are deadlines that are being missed, frankly, as a manager, if you're not giving feedback, that behavior is just like you not giving feedback. You know, I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. Your job as a manager incorporates the idea that you will speak candidly and professionally to your directs, and that includes giving positive, positive and negative feedback. Right. And, and unfortunately, the burdens of management are real. And your your higher paycheck ought to give you a hint as to that. Yeah. And giving feedback, frankly, is, is one of those burdens. And if you want to look in the mirror and see a professional, it's time to start giving feedback. Yeah. The story I always tell that gives the lie to managers not giving feedback and really the flimsiness of some of our reasons, because I've, I've been there as well, I was at a senior leadership meeting of a very large U.S. firm. There were 400 or so executives and managers there. The CEO was there, all of his directs, all of their directs, and virtually all of their directs were there. Um, there may have even been a fifth level. I, I, I don't know. And I asked the group, who here feels they give plenty of feedback to their directs? I mean, virtually every hand in the room went up, 390 or so. Out of 400 um, hands go up in the air. Seriously. Okay. Now, remember now, everyone in this room had both their boss and their directs in the room with them. I mean, virtually everyone. Okay. So, right. We all know what's coming next. I ask, okay, good. That's good. Great to hear it. How many of you feel that you get enough feedback from your boss? Now, mind you, their bosses are in the room, and they just saw their boss raise their hand saying, I give my directs plenty of feedback. How many people raised their hand when they say, when we asked, how many of you feel that you get enough feedback from your boss? About 10. Hmm. Look, come on. Are the bosses giving feedback and their directs don't know it? That can't be. Too many bosses tell us they're afraid to give feedback because of the conflict in their response, meaning if they were giving feedback, their directs would darn sure know it. Right. 
you, look, you can't want more feedback from your boss and then give out too little to your directs. Well, okay, you can. You can. Yeah. But you can't tell us it makes any professional sense, right? Okay, one last thing about us as managers not giving feedback. Really, folks, what's so bad about giving positive feedback? Because that's what we recommend to start. We don't say that you should use this as a hammer to go telling everybody what they're doing wrong. When you come to one of our conferences, we actually say, start with positive feedback for six to eight weeks to everybody. And over the long run, try to go for 90-10, 90 positive, 10 negative. It makes the negative go down a lot more easily. And frankly, the vast majority of things that happen in most organizations are good anyway. Please don't tell us you're afraid of giving positive feedback. Maybe they're just afraid of having to give negative feedback after you've given some. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, gosh, if I start giving positive, pretty soon people will start asking for negative. Well, wouldn't that wouldn't that be terrible? Your directs coming in and say, you know, if you need to tell me something I'm not doing well, I'll be happy to hear it. How how can I improve? Oh, got to avoid that. Okay, yeah, I got to definitely got to avoid that. (laughs) Enough. Okay, yeah, you're you're, you're right. Enough about why it won't work in background and so on. Let's talk about making it easier, right? <laughs> right. And this is all about making it, just to be clear, we're talking about making it easier on the manager to give feedback. Directs can take it. Believe me, I mean, everybody yeah. listening to this call probably says, yeah, I'll, I could take feedback, even negative feedback delivered professionally from my boss. But my directs, yeah, they're a little sensitive. Yeah. I t- I'll tell you a story about that. Uh, we had a good friend of the firm write me an email recently and say, you know, really struggling been doing feedback, you know, been doing one-on-ones for a while, started doing feedback, nothing but positive. I got a bunch of guys on my team. They're all, they're all accepting it fine, you know, but one guy says, nope, don't like it. Don't want feedback. Don't like it. Disagree. I've had other bosses before. They've given me feedback, but not like this. And I don't care for it. And this person said, you know, have you ever had this problem? I thought, no, no, I I never get emails from people saying someone on my team doesn't like feedback. Uh, No, it's never happened before. Of course it's happened. It happens all the time. And, um, you know, he, he said, what do I do? I said, well, to answer your question specifically, what do I do? I said, I, you have two choices. You can, you can say, okay, no more feedback for you. You can roll over or you can keep giving feedback. Either one. I'd recommend you keep giving feedback and you keep giving positive feedback. And, you know, you, you keep in your mind that the company doesn't, isn't run by him and you get to make some choices. And sometimes you make some choices that your directs don't like, but, if everybody wants to keep all the directs happy all the time and you do only what your directs want you to do, they're going to be unhappy about something else. I trust or, me. Or you that. could, you could let the direct make the decision as to whether they're going to, they're going to get feedback or not. And then just, you know, just give them that part of your salary that's, you know. Yeah, that's good. Suggested yeah. of, of your need to be the manager. But yeah. That might, that <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, and then I told him, now here's what I think. I think that guy is absolutely playing you. I won't actually, because this guy's a friend of mine, I won't tell you the details of what I said other than he's totally playing you. He's insecure. He knows that you're giving positive feedback now because because he's going to get negative feedback later. He doesn't like being told that there are things he did that are good. He knows that it's a professional way, and he doesn't want to be managed as a professional. And those are the bosses before you weren't giving him feedback. They were just telling him what they did, what he did, and what they liked and what they didn't like. And it probably wasn't very specific, and it wasn't very actionable, and he got along just fine. So, so we're going to make it simpler. So I, I know it's, you know, despite the outline you gave at the beginning, I know there's a little surprise here because clearly if there are four steps to the original feedback model, the one we'd want to eliminate would be the first one. Asking, <laughs> right? Because I mean, we all know, yeah. I mean, I've just figured that you have finally figured out what we all know, which is we're the <laughs> boss and our people are just going to do what we tell them. 
And so why ask? Yeah. So tell me we're going to eliminate that. Every once in a while when I get, when I get silly, I think I'm Peter the Great and I will drag you kicking and screaming into the modern world. <laughs> now, okay. Now we're talking. I'm liking that. Yeah. The only step of the feedback model that we have ever said in our entire lives, if you take it out, don't tell anyone you learned the model from us is this first step. I'm never taking it out unless psychologists prove to me that it's wrong. It's ethically or morally wrong and ineffective. I'm not taking it out. Starter feedback is still feedback. Feedback is still about other people's behaviors. Other people's behaviors are still under the control of others. Others' behaviors are still not under our control, no matter how much we're wishing that they were. If you think that other people's behaviors are under your control, then you're about as wrong as thinking the earth is still at the center of the universe, folks. Ooh, I just learned something else. Okay, good. Yeah, that's right. Good. Yeah. And so, look, it makes no sense to give feedback, positive or negative, to someone who isn't ready to hear it. If they don't hear it because they're in a bad mood or they're busy doing something or they're on the phone or they're listening to a podcast through their headset or whatever, how can they know? If they don't hear it, how can they know that we're talking about their behavior? So it's pretty simple. We ask, right? May I give you some feedback? Or to our earlier point about using other words besides feedback, you could say, well, first you could say, may I give you some feedback or can I give you some feedback? Or you could say, can I share something with you? Can we talk about what just happened? Can I share an observation with you? A phrase that comes from our friend, Mike Swenson. All of those questions work because they are questions. You can't convert those into, hey, let me share something with you, or, hey, I have some feedback for you. The reason we ask a question is that we intend to honor the response we get, whether it be yes or no. We ask because if we do get a no, we're going to walk away from that direct without giving the feedback, even if it's positive feedback. Yeah, and and folks, if if you're doing feedback properly and you've done it for a while, your directs will absolutely say no, right? They just got Gosh, yeah. They just, they just had a fight in the morning with their spouse. They're in a bad mood. They know they're in a bad mood. They're not in any way receptive to feedback, whether it be positive or negative, particularly negative. And so they say no. They say and no. And you walk away. Because, because they know you're not trying to attack them. They know you're not asserting your power. You're, you're going to share something with them that you noticed that they may not be aware of the impact of it, good or bad. And yet they, they recognize that you're going to be talking about their behavior, not their person, not their emotions, but their behavior. And they realize they're not in a mental place or physical, emotional place, whatever, where they can hear it. And so they say no, because they know you'll come back later and it's not that big a deal. And if you don't give that feedback in the big scheme of things, because feedback is small, it's a pinch and not a crunch because feedback is tiny. If you miss one piece of feedback, it's like breathing. If you hold your breath and miss one breath of your life, you're fine. Yeah. And look, all of this is predicated on something very simple. The purpose of feedback is to encourage effective behavior. I mean, think about that for a second. The first word in our definition, our purpose, is encourage. People say, well, I don't want to bring up something that they did before. That's not the purpose of feedback. We're not, we're, we don't want to bring up the past. Okay. Can we encourage anything that happened in the past? No. Feedback is never about the past. It is not talking about what happened. We can't change the past. We can't change what happened. Why bother with it? It's a bit like saying, I don't like the color of the car that the CEO drives. 
Well, good luck changing that. Let's let, let's try to shrink our circle of concern down to our circle of influence for a little bit. Okay? Behavior in the past is only of interest to us because of its value predicting future behavior. An effective manager has no interest in punishing past behavior. Instead, when we fire someone, we're not punishing them for a mistake they made. We're firing them because we don't, we can't afford to have them make that mistake again. And they've indicated a propensity to do so. And we can't. And, and so the only way we can, we, we determine based on the egregiousness of the mistake, if we're firing them is to get rid of them, is to have them no longer behave in that way in our company. Firing is not a punishment. It's a forward looking behavior. It's a forward looking employee management uh, decision. Again, we don't have any interest in punishing anyone ever. Punishment is dead. The event already happened. Why, look, why extend the pain? We did have one manager once tell us, I'll tell you why to extend the pain so they won't do it again. And I remember talking to you afterwards. So, in other words, you know, you want to say this guy, so you're just as interested in future behavior as we are, but you rely on emotionally laden negative reinforcement to do so. Felt like saying highly adult and professional of you there, buddy. Right. There, there was a conversation on the discussion forums recently where somebody said, yeah, negative feedback should hurt or it should, it should feel painful. No, yeah, it shouldn't. Man, we care too much about this because I, I want to be there when somebody says that so I can growl at them professionally from a distance, but growl nonetheless. Right. You know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to say something else that many of our listeners probably haven't heard. If you haven't figured out yet that while, with all our talk of effectiveness, the underlying fundamental emotion that drives all effective managers, all manager tools managers, is love, not fear. Pain, punishment, all of those negative emotions all stem from fear. The emotions that will drive a successful company are love. Love of the mission, love of each other, love of the customer. It's simple. And punishment is not out of love. You don't punish your child or punish a direct because you love them. You don't. I know what tough love is. I understand it. And I'm not going to argue with people who want to parent that way. But as managers, you don't need tough love. You need candid love. So look, in addition to talking about encouragement, which is about the future, all encouragement by definition is forward looking, right? We want to give you courage. Well, if we give you courage, you can only apply it in the future. Note the other part of the, the model, we're interested in effective behavior. We don't care about whether we're talking about a negative instance in the past or a positive instance in the past. The instance that happened before is somewhat irrelevant. What we care about is whether in the future, the behavior that you're going to engage in is what is best for the organization. If we're using as a reference something that didn't go well yesterday, right? What we want is something effective in the future, and that would mean you'd have to change something. We're not upset about what happened. Now, we might be upset, but we don't express that frustration or that upsetness, if you will, when we deliver the feedback model, because in our mind, what we're picturing is effective behavior in the future, which ought to make us feel good. Right. On the other hand, if we saw something we thought was helpful yesterday, and again, we're thinking about future effectiveness here, then we want more of it in the future. And, and right. that's why and we that's why we give Positive, positive feedback. feedback, right? And, and managers say, well, I don't have to give positive feedback because, well, they did it right. And my thought is, 
well, gee, are you telling me that every single thing any one of your directs ever did right the first time they then did right forever and ever and ever? No. And for that matter, what's wrong with telling them, hey, I noticed and that was good. Please do more of it. They'll probably work harder on that thing and come up with something even better. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In both cases, they're both positive and negative behaviors, both of which are dead and buried behaviors. They're not alive. They don't exist. They already happened in the past. We're not talking about what's dead, what's in the past. We're talking about future instances. That's what our focus is on. That's why we say encourage. The fact that the predicate behavior is effective or not is not really our concern because we can't change the old behavior. And effective managers rarely spend time worrying about things they can't change. So we always ask, hey, can I give you some feedback? Can we, can I share something with you? Can I share an observation with you? Because we're talking about their behavior and we want them in the conversation to be thinking about the future with us. We're not there to punish them. And if we were there to punish them, we certainly wouldn't ask. We'd just hammer them over the head with, right. if it was negative feedback. All right, that's it, everyone. We'll finish this show up next week. Hey, before we go, a quick reminder about our upcoming one-day Effective Manager Conference in the Northern Virginia, D.C. area on March 24th, 2009. If you're interested in learning the manager tools Effective Management Trinity in a one-day intensive interactive setting, this is the conference for you. This time we're opening it up to only 30 people. Yeah, only 30. We're keeping this as small and intimate as we can, but that means, again, that there's only 30 slots. So don't delay if you're interested. If you want to sign up or you're interested in more information, just visit us at the website, www.managertools.com. Hope to see you there. All right, everyone. We'll see you all again next week. So long. 